And now it's time for the BetMGM MLB podcast, powered by BetQL, with Ryan Horvath and Cody Decker on the BetQL Network. Controversy! That's the only word you can describe Major League Baseball today. Ladies and gentlemen, controversy. Welcome to BetMGM MLB podcast. Powered by BetQL, I am Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, and with me, as always, my man, Ryan Horvat. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good this morning. You know, last night uh, we were on the under in that game, so it was a beautiful thing. Uh, it was at seven and a half when we talked last. It went down to seven. I didn't care. I actually ended up playing it again. Uh, unfortunately, man, I had to root for the Dodgers because, you know, I fell in love with that Giants team, big Chris Bryant guy. How do you not fall in love with that Giants team? Love Buster Posey. It was amazing what he did. They set a franchise record, 107 wins. Every time the Dodgers would gain a little bit of ground, they would just keep winning. But uh, had to root for the Dodgers last night, man, to keep that boring World Series ticket alive, the plus 325 one. Should have We should have jumped on the Dodgers again. You knew, like, I just knew they were winning that game last night. But, uh, man, what a ridiculous type. What, what, just what a game. We'll just well, start there. What a game. Let's just start with the beginning of the morning. We went into the day, everybody thinking we had Urias starting the game, taking on um, taking on Webb, and we were expecting a, a, a battle of the Titans from this season, of course. Uh, you know, Urias, not in the Cy Young mix, but definitely a 20-game winner, the only one yeah. of the season. Um, you know what he can do in October. We saw it last year. He almost took the team on his back entirely towards the end of the playoffs in the World Series. But all of a sudden, coming around noon, some new reports are coming out that Urias is not starting. A lot of people hitting the panic button think, oh my God, is Urias injured? I remember I had some friends asking me, what do you think of the game? And I'm like, listen, I got the Dodgers on the money line and more importantly, the under. Check yeah. out the under, no question. And then once he announced Corey Knable, I obviously paused until I saw Urias. It's a, it is officially an opener scenario of which I told the guys, keep the ticket, keep the ticket, the Dodgers have done this five times this year. Knable has done a very good job with it. He's only given up one run as an opener position. Now, that open, first inning of yesterday's game obviously had some hiccups. Knable didn't look as good as he normally does, but he got out of the inning. Then Gratterall came in. And then, of course, you got Urias coming into the third and doing what he did. What a game. What a scenario. What a fascinating day with the lines, considering that we really only had one game yesterday. And I also love this because, listen, I'm, a, I'm an old-school baseball guy with a lot of new school in me. I loved the massive amount of Twitter implosion that took place yesterday. Everyone going all over the place calling for the head of Dave Roberts because yeah. he had the gall to do something that he's done for years. It was insane to watch people as if Dave Roberts took the Dodgers and been like, I'm going rogue and doing what I want. Give me a break, man. Community decision. And unfortunately, when it comes to that community decision, the one man that has to take the blame for it is Dave Roberts. Whether it's right or wrong, it ends up becoming Dave Roberts, in quotations, if you can't tell, his decision. And he has to live and die with that decision, even though it's not exactly completely his decision, but it wasn't a bad one. Clearly, it wasn't because the Dodgers take the game 2-1. What a game it was, Ryan. My God. Yeah. I know. I felt like I needed a cigarette after that game, man. And it was just like such a fitting end, though. It also sucks because, I mean, the Giants win 107 games. That's my only problem with the DS, man. It should be a seven-game series. Like, those are the two best teams in baseball right there. That pretty much last night, that was the World Series. That was my World Series. And it was just a fitting end because all season long, like anytime those two teams met, it was pretty much the same game. You know what I mean? Pitchers, duels, 
managerial decisions. And Dave Roberts, like, you got to say this though, man, like he is lucky that they pulled that one out last night because it ended up being the right decision. And even if they lose that game, it wouldn't have been because they started Corey Knable because like you said, he went one inning and you know, it's not like he went in there and gave up four runs or walked the bases loaded or anything like that. But if they lose that game, he would have got crushed all day today. Well, actually all weekend, most likely, you know what I mean? So oh yeah, it ends up paying off. They're moving on. The best team does move on. Um, what a series, man. What I, a will series. Just, I, I do feel for some of those guys, though, in San Francisco. Completely. The guy this season, they just had an incredible year. I will disagree with you on one thing. I do think the DS should remain five games. But really? Why? I, well, because I think it just flows good. I think with going from the – I do think they should add uh, games to the wild card series. I think it should become a best of three series, even though it's a good chance we're going to cut out that amazing game 163 feel that we constantly have. But listen, if we go 1-1 into a game three – there's your, there's your, there's your massive drama game. You got it. It's right there. And both teams can actually be in the playoffs. Uh, the five game series in the DS. I'm fine. What I do think they need to address is the ranking system into the playoffs. I don't care if you're a wild card or not a wild card. If you're in the wild card, you'll play in the wild card series, but the Dodgers are currently ranked in a certain spot that they shouldn't be to the point where the Dodgers and giants shouldn't have faced each other in the DS. They should have faced each other in the CS that we're about to have because yeah. they are the two best teams in the game. And they're just making this antiquated decision because well, you're a wild card team and finished second place. Thus you must be ranked sixth in the playoff thing. The Dodgers won 106 regular season games. They are, they should be ranked second at worst, but yeah. at, you know, this situation we're having now they're going over to be the road underdogs quote unquote again air quotes uh over there in atlanta a team that won 85 games so it's just we're, we're living in a very odd scenario with that i think that needs to be addressed but it seems like something that can be easily addressed it's just crazy because i mean the two teams they met 24 times this year both won 12 games and it just comes down to that last night and just the way that it ends that's the only thing that's my only takeaway the way it ends that kind of sucks Yes, and that's where we were obviously going to talk about real quick before we, of course, talk about the Red Sox and Houston Astros who are going to start their series Friday evening. So, guys, get ready to have your BetMGM apps out ready to go because we got some lines to give you and a lot to talk about. But before we get to it, we do need to address the elephant in the room, the ending of last night's game. Now, that game had everything, had everything, Ryan. I mean, you, you had incredible pitching matchups. Webb looked incredible, just yeah. incredible. And I'm and everybody who scoffed at the Matt Kane comparisons should not scoff at it because it's a good comparison. Just turbo sinkers, getting everybody, making everybody honestly look bad. Um, it was a pitcher's duel from start to finish. Loved every second. Everything the Dodgers did, the Giants answered right back. It was a special baseball game. And then, of course, in the ninth inning, you get Max Scherzer coming in to close it out after, of course, Cody Bellinger, who had an atrocious 2021. And trust me, if you weren't watching the game last night, the announcers were not afraid to tell you how bad his year was every oh, yeah. three and a half seconds because they really want this storyline to happen. They really want Cody Bellinger to carry the Dodgers going forward. And honestly, I wouldn't be have a problem with it either. But Cody Bellinger coming through with the RBI, a huge base hit, going into the ninth inning, runner gets on due to a very uncharacteristic error by uh, Justin Turner at third base. Yeah. Winning run is at the plate. Late, late night Lamont comes up, gets him out. We get ourselves a runner on first base, two outs, 2-2 two, two count. Wilmer Flores, who does hold the record 
for most walk-offs by a Met in Mets history at the plate. He does not do well against Max Scherzer. Slider away, check swing. And ladies and gentlemen, I cannot stress this enough. He didn't go. No. He did not go, and it wasn't even close. Umpire at first base checks, strike three. And I remember watching that live going, and I even tweeted live right away. Wait, 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 guys. Did he go? That did not look like, that didn't even look like a a remote attempt at a swing. The replay shows very clearly, like very clearly did not go. Now, I think the Dodgers would have won on the next pitch anyways. Seriously, yeah, same here. But, But you cannot, cannot, cannot end a game, especially an elimination game between two of the best teams maybe of the last 10 years facing off in an elimination playoff game, rivalry game, no less Dodgers giants. That is we're, we're talking Montague Capulets here. This is, this is what you want to see. And yeah. you end it with that. It ends on a whimper. It honestly, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I think I would say I was rough, moderately rooting for the Dodgers, but I do not want to see a team like the San Francisco giants season come to an end like that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not even the fact that it wasn't a swing. It's also the bigger problem at the at the at hand right here. And it's the fact that the check swing is not reviewable. Yeah. And also right. that the check swing is not easily defined. No one even knows what a check swing is, including umpires. Right. No, I mean you're right right there, man. And um you saw the pitch coming. I mean, I even called it out. Low and away slider. Holds up, and I still just can't believe that they called it. So what do you do, though, here? Because I know everybody, and then if you're on social media, everybody's calling for the robot ums once again. But what do you do? Because I would almost rather, and I'm kind of fine either way. You know, I like the uh, human element to it, but I also like calls getting right, being right all the time. I feel like if this is in the NFL, because if you go back a couple years ago, remember when the Saints kept getting screwed in the NFC title game and there was that pass interference call? Mm -hmm. And then what they did the following year, which they then changed again because it was an absolute disaster, they made pass interference reviewable. You know, so is that the way that you think that they should go or should they go to the robot ups? Because like you said, obviously check swings, judgment calls, but dude, judgment calls for these umpires, especially in a situation like that, it's tough and then not reviewable under uh, Major League Baseball, you know, replay rules. I just think that almost you should just change that and have that be especially in that situation, maybe not in every situation, but in the postseason, that should be reviewable. I agree. It should be reviewable. No, I agree. It should be reviewable. But here's the thing. You got to go back a step further. And that first thing is you have to clearly define what, what a, a yeah. check swing is. And here, here's what I always un- assumed. This is what my teammates always assumed. And this is what umpires assume. And I'll give you what an umpire even told me once at first base. When an umpire gets checked, he would always say, and this is what we always knew, the plate, the center of the plate, the very front line of the plate, parallel. If your bat crosses that parallel line of the plate, yeah. it's a swing. That's yeah. it. It's very simple. And nothing about breaking your wrists or intent. Basically, if you have an intent that you're going after a pitch and swing, you know, if you're jumping out of the way and you're, that's a different thing. But if you are clearly intending on swinging, starting your swing path, and it crosses the parallel of the front of the plate, it's a swing. That's it. Very simple. So much so that umpires often, often, and now here's a, a trick I'll let you in on. Most players don't like when they get their bats cupped at the top. Yeah. They make sure they get it the same color as the rest of the bat. Now, a lot of companies, when they dip their bats, they'll dip them sometimes pre-cupped, and then they'll cup the bat, 
and then it'll come with like a you know a natural wood cup with a black bat umpires at first base love that because if they see that tan that you know the wood color finish of the bat yeah in the cup they're like okay that's a swing if they don't see it it's a no swing so that's the barometer they're going off of but the fact that we can't easily just measure this there is more radar on that field then we'll ever need to do it. You don't even need a replay. All you need to do is simply have it set up to a radar system, have it set up the stat cast, and you can clearly see, oh, it went five degrees past. They should make basically a ruling saying 10 degrees past the parallel line is the rule. If yeah. it goes past that 10 degrees, it's an out. And we can physically measure it. We don't need to use the human eye to do this anymore. And we don't even need replay to do it. We can physically measure it. No, seriously, man. We got cars that are flying coming up. We got robots that are dancing and doing martial arts. Like you said, I mean, let's not make this more complicated than it really needs to be. Uh, two things that I was thinking when I was watching that game last night. One, I can't believe this is the Giants-Dodgers. This was supposed to be uh, San Diego and L.A. Like, that was the series. You know what I mean? Especially when they acquire Snell and Darvish. Like, that's supposed to be the series right there. The second thing I was thinking was, Man, they're going to inflate the Giants' season win totals. It's, it, it, I want to see what that number is. I can't wait to play the under. Shout out to the Giants. What did they hit? 214 homers this year. Amazing. Buster Posey comes back alive. Crawford will look great. But is Chris Bryant going to be there next year? What's that rotation going to look like? Um, hell of a year, but I'll be playing them under next year. I think the Padres are going to make some moves, and they're going to be back, man. And I think the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers. I'll be, I can't wait to see that inflated number or the market will get it right and just place it where it should be. But I don't know, after a year like that, and after you win over a hundred games, I probably think they're going to set it a little high. So that's what I was thinking last night. That's the degenerate in me. First things first, I do think they're going to sign him back. I really do think they're going to sign him back. They should. They have money to play with. Let me just hold out this hope until it happens. That maybe I really think they should. If you're the Giants, you bring him back immediately. You have him signed in three days. Put center field last night. (laughs) Yeah, he's incredible. He does fits so many roles. You put him anywhere. What a season he had. But there is one name in San Francisco that I do think is being overlooked for his accomplishments this season, and he made a massive contribution last night. And he's a guy. It's a guy that's kind of near and dear to my heart because the guy is very much like me. And I've really, really, really liked Darren Ruff this season. Oh, yeah, man. I think he's an incredible story. Uh, 35 years old, more or less a career minor leaguer without really getting many opportunities. Hell, he's a minor, he's a Phillies minor league like legend. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just and seeing him get the opportunity and showing what he can do at the big league level in in playoffs and showing that once again, if you can play in double A or higher, you can play in the big leagues and you can stay there forever. It's not yeah. about whether or not you can, it's whether and whether or not the opportunity's there. And it never was for him. And at 35, he's sitting there playing in one of the most important games in Giants history, and he hits a bomb to center. I, I can't say enough awesome things about it. It is just the coolest story. That San Francisco Giants story is the coolest story. Because not only Darren Ruff, Alex Dickerson, another guy yeah. that's kind of been bounced around. Uh, th- this team was just filled with four A guys, and they won 107 games. Yeah, man. And, and watching him hit that bomb was awesome because that's the guy that you root for. Also, I was just happy that he tied that game up. I didn't want Webb to have to take the loss. Not that it matters. I mean, it sucks waking up. Your season's over. You were one game away from being in the NLCS. But still, the way that he pitched last night, he just he didn't deserve to take the loss in that game. So, I mean, that's one thing that I was kind of happy to see. He was lights out. Hit that strikeout prop. I mean, that was a no-doubter. You saw it in the second inning. You're like, he is on tonight. So, yeah. hell of a series. Uh, hell of a year for the Giants, but the better team, like, let's be honest, though, the better team has moved on. And watching, watching, of course, Scherzer closes that game out, right? Like, 
Yeah. Say what you want about Dave Roberts and how they stacked up the pitching. Like you knew he was taking the ball in the ninth inning. The guy's a psychopath and he's one of the best to ever do it. Yes, he really, really is. And what a game it was. What an exciting thing. I can't wait to see where they go going forward. But going forward, of course, they're taking on in the CS. And maybe maybe we're fading the Braves a little bit too hard. I mean, we I think everybody faded the Braves against the Brewers as well. And yeah. they kind of handled the Brewers quite easily. And let's not pretend that the Braves don't have one hell of a starting rotation. And they've already announced their first game one starter, which is going to be Max Freed. And we've seen what Max Fried has done this second half of the season. I'm glad Max, and I've known Max a long time. I'm glad Max is finally getting away from trying to become the strikeout guy, knowing full well he can just get so many contact outs. And he's been doing it, complete games in the in the pitch count in the 80s, which is Maddox-like. Like, that's incredible stuff. And I don't I don't throw around the word and name Maddox lightly. It, it really has been that good. So I one thing I'll definitely say, we, you know, the Dodgers currently, where we currently are recording on Friday, currently to be determined who their starter is going to be, but it doesn't matter who it's going to be. In my eyes, one thing you should definitely look in game one of the NLCS is the under. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be playing the under, regardless of who's on the mound. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch Max on the mound game one. We obviously, like you said, don't know who the hell the Dodgers are going to start in game one. But the fact that at least as we record here on uh, Friday, you know, looking at a look ahead line of what it potentially could be, it would have been the Dodgers minus 135 favorites in game one, but they used up pretty much. Well, they used Scherzer, so he's not going to be the game one starter. Starter. So we could be looking at the Dodgers as like plus 115, plus 120, maybe even plus 110 dogs. And I feel like out of principle, even with Max Fried on the bump, I'm going to have to take the Dodgers if you're giving me them as underdogs. You know what I'm saying? Who do yeah. you think? Do you think they go with maybe another bullpen type game in game one? I have no idea where they possibly go. Personally, I wouldn't feel comfortable throwing Walker Bueller back out there right now. No, Maybe a, no just not ready. Possibly a game two. But, uh, you know, right now, I think it's going to be more likely a bullpen game. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Tony Gonsolin starting That's that game. Too, Pro- yeah. Possibly one, two innings. But if he's pitching well, maybe you extend him to three. Um, and then, you know, you go through a similar thing. Give Knable an inning, training an inning. Uh, you know, hopefully getting all the way to Jansen in the ninth. If I were to bet, they're going to go with a bullpen game. But here's the thing. A bullpen game for the Dodgers versus a bullpen game for anyone else is a very different game. Oh, yeah. The Dodgers, yeah, the Dodgers bullpen is just insane. It's crazy that we're seeing this model now because I remember when Craig Council was doing it a couple of years ago. And speaking of Craig Council, really quick, because we actually didn't get a chance to wrap that series up. What a disappointing end of the year for the Brewers, especially the Brewers bats. Craig Council was getting absolutely destroyed the way he used his pitchers for pulling his guys too early. But also, man, Devin Williams broke his hand celebrating uh, clinching the NL Central, so we didn't have him to use. He had to maybe use Hater a little bit too much. Maybe he had to go to Hater a little bit too early. But I don't know. I thought that that was kind of unfair criticism. Yeah, he, he there were some blunders there, man, but they couldn't generate any offense. And what the hell happened to Christian Yelich? I don't know. That was a very ugly series for him. Ugly series for the entire offense. And I will give, I will say, I think he's getting more criticism than he deserves. Right. But um, you just mentioned Devin Williams not being there. Yes, Devin Williams is out, broken hand, horrible thing, which did mean they were going to have to overuse Hayter in a spot they probably shouldn't have used him in. Freddie Freeman, that's the second time he's given up a home run to Freddie Freeman in a very yeah. similar situation. Um, but more importantly than that, this is where I think Council deserves the criticism. Knowing full well where his bullpen currently is without Devin Williams, Pulling Peralta when he did in the fifth inning with a pitch count under 60, absolutely dominating, knowing full well that you do not have the same bullpen, in my opinion, is unforgivable. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I agree, man. If, if Freddie probably would have got a little knock for him, too. That's the thing about the Brewers pitchers, man. And that, I don't even remember who they pinch hit him for. Vogelback, maybe? Uh, I, I didn't love the decision, but at the same time, man, they couldn't do anything. And it was weird watching Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich just have, like, such similar years where a couple of years ago, it was like every other at-bat, one of them was going to get homered, intentionally walked. There was the MVP chase this year. Man, um, I, I I would say I'm a little bit more worried about Yelich than I'd be worried about Bellinger just because of the contract that the Brewers gave Yelich. Like, they're on the hook for a lot of money for a lot of years, man. So if he doesn't well, get it figured out, I, I don't know where they go. I mean, I'm hoping he does figure it out because, one, yeah. awesome player, awesome guy. I, yeah. I want him to succeed wherever he's at, even if it's Milwaukee. I, mm. I really, I really, I really hope this uh, team can bounce back next year. And, you know, even Council, you know, listen, every – when it comes to making managerial decisions, it's a crapshoot, you know, and keep in mind, there's only one name at the end of that thing. And that one guy, yeah, the buck stops with him, but he's not the only guy making decisions. He's got bench coaches, he's got pitching right. coaches. He relies on people, not to mention the front office gives him every number possible. And odd, odds are gives him plenty of directives that he has to do as well. Well, that's so, why I was laughing. Everybody's like, fire Andy Haynes, the, the hitting coach. It's his fault. It's his fault. And I was like, haven't you guys learned anything from the Chicago Cubs? Every year they fire the hitting coach and nothing ever improves, man. At some point, you have to point at the players and be like, all right, what, what's what's wrong here? You know what I mean? I, I just I don't think firing the hitting coach every single year is uh, is an upgrade. You got to scapegoat someone, and that's just kind of the business model that is Major League True. Baseball. And, you know, the people that are really making decisions are the front offices, and the first people to go are on-field staff. And that's just kind of the business. And it's not exactly the prettiest portion of the business, but it is the business, and it's probably not going to change anytime soon. But before we obviously move on, we definitely need to talk about the game that is opening up on Friday evening, the ALCS. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see me right now because this is in podcast form right here on BetMGM MLB Podcast powered by BetQL. But I am currently rocking the hell out of my dry fit Boston Red Sox shirt. Do I think they're going to win? No, but I want them to. I really, really want them to. Yeah. Uh, they got the first game going on. You got Valdez at home in Houston on Friday evening against Chris Sale, who is well-rested right now. Um, it, it's looking like an interesting game. Taking a look at the lines, please take out your BetMGM apps right now and take a look. You got Valdez currently sitting with minus money, but Sale at plus 115. Now, I am fading the Red Sox in this series, but I want you to hear me out on this. I do think... The Red Sox got a good shot with Sale on the mound yeah. on Friday evening. I like the money line of plus 115, plus money with Chris Sale on the mound. I know he's dealt with injuries. I know he's just come back recently. But you give me plus money on Chris Sale, I have to take it. No, seriously. Seriously, and I'm with you. I mean, obviously, the Astros have been ridiculous this season. The Astros' revenge tour was a real thing. 95 wins. They easily win the uh, West. Plus 205 run differential. And also, they've owned the Red Sox this year. They're 5-2 and two against Boston. No McCullers, though. I think that's going to be big for them in this big. series. You know, you brought up Sal. Um, hasn't been, he hasn't been like Chris Sale from three, four years ago coming off the surgery, but he's 5-1 and one since he came back. ERA just a little over three. The only dip that he's really had in production has just been the strikeout production. So I'm looking at this number, though, still at the props, because that's always where I go with the pitchers. And I saw the number this morning as we record here on Friday, three and a half. So a buddy of mine would love to, to take the over on that just because it's so low. What would your thoughts be? A, how long is Chris Sale going? 
I know the strikeout rate has gone down a little bit, but man, four K's in this spot game, one of the ALCS. I feel like he's going to have a night. I agree to a point, but again, based on how these playoffs have been and seeing how short of a hook every starting pitcher has had with the exception of Logan Webb, I just not confident he's going to make it out of the fourth inning and get a chance to actually hit that prop. That's just the thing. So the playoffs have been very tricky for me when it comes to those props, especially K props. But there are a couple of props today that I uh, that take place on Friday that I do really like as well. Um, and listen, I think this is going to be a fi- I think it's going to be a fairly high scoring game. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game early. I think both Valdez and Sale will do a good job early on. So I took a look at the first five innings, and currently as it's sitting under four runs, plus 110, I really like that right now. And I do think the – and more importantly, I think the over is going to come in, which is currently setting, as we currently talk, eight and a half at minus 105. I like that number too. Those are two numbers that I really, really like. I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored late in the game. I wouldn't be shocked if this was a, not a five to four ball game. Yeah, maybe I stay away from the strikeout props because I'm with you. I kind of want to play the over in this game. Like if you look at both offenses have been ridiculous here in the postseason. You got Boston averaging a little bit over six runs, and then the Astros are averaging 7.8. And even when you look at the splits, man, both lineups, at least in the last series, had no problem against lefties. Houston had a 351 average. 861 OPS and Boston hit 394 against lefties. So I think some runs are going to be scored. I think the over, which were the total sitting at eight, I think that's the play. Um, I do think Boston could steal one with Chris Sale on the mound, but I'm going to be all over the Astros if I'm playing like series price or just to move on here. I, I think we're getting a rematch. I think it's going to be the Astros Dodgers. Spoiler alert. I think you're right. I think you actually are right. We're either getting a rematch of 2018 or 2019, quite frankly. That's what yeah. I think we're about to get. However, I mean, you never, I'm sorry, 17 and 18, not 19. Yeah. Uh, but I think, um, you know, it could, like we said, it's it's October. Anything could happen. And with Max Fried on the mound, with, you know, Charlie Morton Jr. on the mound, like the, the Braves can win this series. I just don't think it's likely. But this Red Sox-Houston series, now with, Lan- you know, with Lance McCullers down. Yeah. I think the Red Sox got a better shot. I was going to fade them a lot harder than I was. Now I'm starting to think. Yeah, they got a shot. They got a legitimate shot to get past these Astros. I'm re- How crazy is it, man, that we're in a spot here where I am rooting for Boston to potentially win and bring home another title? Like, they're spoiled enough. But um, big Kyle Schwarber guy, and I just I can't root for the Astros. I, I, I hey, listen, it's not even the Astros cheating scandal anymore. It, it really isn't. You know what it is? It's the arrogance they the have arrogance had about, about it. it. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's nauseating. It drives me insane. Just no accountability. And now they have worked it in their heads that they are just the greatest underdog story in the world that everyone's against us. We got the shut up, please, 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 please. I like that. You guys are together. You got the coolest manager in the history of major league baseball. There are some great things. You got Carlos Correa, who I think is the best shortstop in Major League Baseball, and someone's about to pe- throw him $400 million. Like, right. this is just – the team's un- unbelievable. Stop treating yourselves like you're this underdog story. You right. aren't. You no. are the villains. You're the villains here, right. Everybody's rooting against you. It's anybody but you. But, yeah, I'll be rooting for Boston in this series, but I don't think they have much of a shot. So, 
my heart will be rooting for Boston, but my wallet and my mind, my brain will be rooting for Houston. And I just, man, one through nine in that lineup. I mean, they see so many pitches. Everybody's a tough out. I think the Astros are going to take care of business, but I do think we'll get a lot of runs scored. So I'll be looking to play some overs. And by the way, I completely forgot. I had a point on your uh, strikeout prop. The other reason why I'm hesitant on the sale strikeout. On the sale? Yeah, three and a half. The reason why I'm hesitant on it, these Astros don't strike out much. They get the ball, they get the bat on the ball. And with his strikeouts going down the way they have, it doesn't mean he's not going to pitch well. It's just, I don't see him in a ton of guys, but it leaves us now. Listen, we've been talking since we started this show, BetMGM MLB podcast, doing futures, usually hanging around just World Series futures. And now we are down to four ball clubs. What do the lines look like, Ryan Horvath? So, yeah, we got to go over to BetMGM right now to take a look at those lines. And last night, you know, it's funny because it was the third inning and I wanted to take the dot. And I was like, the Dodgers, I just got that feeling. I was like, the Dodgers are winning this game. And unfortunately, it was off the board at the time. So right now, just when we recorded two days ago, hell, yesterday, man, around like 9, 10 a.m., we could have got the Dodgers almost three to one now. Plus 135. That's the price on the Dodgers to win the 2021 World Series. The Astros have the second best odds, plus 220. The Red Sox, plus 450. And the Braves, this price has actually went up from 5 to 1 to plus 550. I feel like you're either playing the Braves here, you're playing Boston, or you just kind of missed the boat. I mean, you can still get 2 to 1 odds with the Astros. Good for you. But I mean, I'm not playing, I'm not playing the Dodgers at that price. I could have just had them three to one yesterday. Why would I do that yeah. to myself? Yeah, unfortunately, there's not a lot of value to it right now. But obviously, obviously, check the lines though going forward because that changes day to day. They lose you game know? one. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, they lose game one to Max Freed. That might turn to a three to one. They might drop game one and two in Atlanta. They do that. They might turn into four to one. And in which case they go back to LA and possibly got Scherzer on the bump for the first game in LA. Yeah, I'll take a flyer at a three to one, four to one on the Dodgers at that point. I, I, I don't think they're going to lose this series, no, mat, no matter what, how this uh, game starts. So I'm, I'm looking very forward to that. Take a look at those lines. Stay on the BetMGM app and make sure you're staying up to date with it. But right now, if you do you want to take a flyer on anybody else? Do you think it's even worth it? Like the Braves is the only one to me that even seems remotely kind of worth it. But like you said, two to one right now on the Astros. I think it's best to wait right now and see how these series play out going forward. And like, like we just said, if the Dodgers drop game one and two, there might be some flyers that might be worth it. Yeah, same here, man. And I'm a Dodgers fan by default because they're the only team that I have left of all my uh, futures. The Brewers did not come home for me. The White Sox did not come home for me. So this is my only hope, man. So I'll be rooting, but for them by default, I think the value is just to wait and see maybe if they drop game one. They're underdogs in game one. So maybe even if you just get a two-to-one price, if you want to play the Dodgers, that's the way to go about doing that. Um, I don't hate a play on Boston or Atlanta just because it's baseball, man, and crazy things have happened. I wish I liked Atlanta's rotation, and I love Max Free, don't get me wrong, but I wish I liked that rotation just like a little bit more. If you could substitute like the Brewers starting pitching for theirs, then I would love that price with them, but – I don't know. Going against the Dodgers is tough. I mean, I don't really want to bet against the Dodgers. I, I thought the Giants had the best shot to beat them. Like I said, I think last night was pretty much it was the World Series for me. It was definitely the NLCS for me. Me too. I completely agree with it. In fact, I went on your other show, Bet MGM tonight. We talked yeah. about that where I said, hey, listen, if the Dodgers get past the series, I don't think anyone can beat them. But the team that they're playing right now can. And if they do, the Braves are going to the World Series. That's honestly what I thought. I, I just don't like the matchup between the Braves and San Francisco. And the exact opposite, I do not like this for Atlanta at all, that they're playing no. the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm very, very excited for this series. Um, I'm, I'm inclined to think the Dodgers are going to win this World Series, and I think a part of me is kind of rooting for them 
but it's not because they're the Dodgers. I grew up a Dodger fan, but I kind of lost all my fandom once I got drafted by the San Diego Padres and then right. played for every team in baseball except the Dodgers. Um, but I think it's just, you know, Dave Roberts, I've known him for so long. He's was my bench coach in San Diego, UCLA guy like me. I've known him for so he's just he's impossible to root against. Um, I just, there's no better genuine guy than Dave Roberts in major league baseball. So I think that's why I'm kind of leaning towards that. Also Boston Red Sox, obviously I played for that organization. I love that organization. Uh, ex teammates that are currently there. Hunter Renfro's there. I kind of, yeah. you know, I want to see them do well. I'm a big fan. I love watching Kyle Schwarber play like you do. Yeah. So it's just, there's a lot of positive still going on. And plus you got to have a villain and there is no better villain than the Houston Astros. This is playoffs have been just perfection. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's fun rooting against the Astros. And right, the other thing about the uh, about the Dodgers, even though you know they do buy most of their players, but you know it's major. Ah, it, wait, 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 wait. Mookie bet. I'll give. They didn't Max buy did. bets. They traded for bets, and they gave up quite a bit for him. They gave uh, up they, a lot. They didn't buy Justin Turner. They got him on a minor league free agent deal. Sure, he became Turner. Justin Turner. They I, I guess traded. I'm just about the Turner thing. Like th- that one no, I get. There's no reason that they should have got Trey Turner in the Max Scherzer deal. Well, you got to look through that lineup. Come on, man. That's a lot of homegrown talent that they developed themselves I and know. then eventually p- paid. So like, I don't, I don't get late nineties, early two thousands Yankees on the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. But um, I don't, you know, it, I guess I'm rooting for Boston. That, that, that's kind of been my, the story for me here in the postseason. It was between the giants and Chris Bryant. And Kyle Schwarber, I just root for the former Cubs, I guess, at this point. Now that Tampa Bay's been knocked out. I, I you know, I was rooting for the White Sox. I was rooting for Chicago. Uh, they didn't get it done. And so, oh, really quick, your thoughts on the Cardinals firing Schilt yesterday, by the way. I, I literally spat out my drink. Uh, so, yeah, as you mentioned, Thursday morning, they announced that Schilt. I'm like, well, thank you so much for the 20-game winning streak and getting us into playoffs. By the way, right. you're fired. Uh, I don't know what that means, philosophical differences. I don't know if that has to do with um, the current political climate we're in. I don't know if that has to do with a structural climate that's currently taking place over with the team. I don't know if that means the team wants to lean more into metrics and he's more of an old school guy, or I don't know if it's the exact opposite. I don't know. And I can't get anybody to give me a straight answer. It's the weirdest thing. Who the hell are they going to hire? The first base coach? I can't even think of the guy's name. Um, and it's a great name, too. I can't believe I can't think of it. There oh. is a name that's out there that I've I've been seeing a lot, and he's currently on the staff of the San Diego Padres, and he's an ex-St. Louis Cardinals, and that's Who's Skip that? Schumacher. Okay. Um, Skip Schumacher, I think, will become a big league manager, and I wouldn't be surprised if he at least gets the interview over there, but they did already mention that there are some interim uh, options that they're looking at. It's very interesting for a team that just uh, honestly dominated the end of the season, got into the playoffs, and are deciding to go a different direction. They didn't just get that wild card spot. They got that wild card spot by like six games. Yeah, and I mean, it's like you said, they won 20 games in a row. Stubby clap. That's the first base coach. (laughs) Love me some stubby clap. Him and Rusty Coons. I want them both to be (laughs) the stars of this industry. Yeah, but um, I was looking. I was looking at the odds. You got Stubby Clap as the overwhelming favorite to take over as the manager for the St. Louis Cardinals. I was shocked that they fired him, though, man. I mean, I get that you got off to a slow start, but they won twenty games in a row. I mean, he. I, yeah, I, I thought it was sense. a very puzzling move. I I have no doubt about it. That at some point more is going to come out about it, and you and I are going to sit right here on Ben MGM MLB Podcast, powered by BetQL, and talk about it. Yeah, and uh, this show 
has been a blast. You, Ryan, have been a blast. And I cannot wait to come back on Monday to record the next show. We're talking about more of the CS and getting us ready and ready and ready for the World Series. Ryan, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. And I am at Decker6 on Twitter and Antihero Baseball on Instagram. And by the way, do yourself a serious favor and check out that MGM tonight with Brian Horvath. He absolutely kills it every single day. Live betting as they're going along. He is a he is an absolute gangster. And of course, check out my podcast with Odyssey. Uh, you know, uh, bet uh, we got of course that MGM MLB podcast powered by BetQL, which of course you should like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Of course, the Odyssey app itself. And of course, Big Time Baseball, you can catch me with John Heyman and Tony Gwynn Jr. Next show will be on Monday. That is it for us today. We will see you next week. Enjoy you some baseball. Check out those lines. Get that BetMGM app out. Ryan, you have a hell of a weekend. Me too. Everybody, beat it. <laughs> <laughs>